0: Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hello, it's so good to have you with us in our second week of our new series called Re-Engineer The Art of Rising Strong. And the anchor verse for this series is Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 27 in God's word. It says anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. As we reflected on the scripture at the beginning of our series, we acknowledge that success can only be sustained if there is a strong foundation on which we build our lives. Yet so often our focus and energy go into building a life of success while failing to ensure we have the foundation on which to sustain it. Augustine of Hippo the early church father said do you wish to rise begin by descending you plan a tower that will pierce the clouds lay first the foundation of humility so like the wise man we are going back to re-engineer the personal foundations of our lives for our future. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to look at one principle from God's Word each week from the book of Proverbs, upon which we can build our lives in order to rise strong. And today, as we begin, we are looking at the kingdom principle of a listening life. Right in the first chapter of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, it says in verse 5 to us, Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. A life of wisdom is a listening life, yet in our modern world we are drowning in information while starving for wisdom. We hear so many voices that it's difficult to truly listen. William Urey, the author of Getting to Yes with Yourself, spoke at a TED Talk uh, conference recently as one of the world's leading experts in negotiation. And he said these words. He said, we live in an age we call the age of communication. And certainly with a lot of cell phones, texts, tweets, and emails, there is a lot of talking going on. But how much listening can there really be with so much interruption and distraction. Listening is something that is not necessarily as easy as we think and in a world where there's so much noise that we're hearing often we can fail to truly listen. In order for us to build solid foundations though we need to continuously grow in a listening life which means we remain curious and we live as learners. And so we want to look at a few key aspects to re-engineering our foundations to a life of listening. And the first aspect of a listening life is that we need to lose our opinion and activate our listening. If you're going to embrace a listening life, you need to lose your opinion and activate your listening. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15 says, a fool is in love with his own opinion, but wisdom means being teachable. Many years ago, I um, knew this guy that was in a church that I was pastoring, and um, he had a very strong opinion about the best way to encourage others that were in a place of deep turmoil. In his opinion, everyone just had to have faith, and so he had a phrase that he would tell people that were suffering or had experienced great loss. And he would put his hand on their shoulder and say, just have faith, just have faith, brother, just have faith, sister. He would do this with no empathy or wisdom. But that all changed when he, in his own human experience, was led into a period of suffering and pain that he had never faced before. He was preparing his retirement and uh, him and his wife were planning a few trips where they would go camping and traveling. Um, But in the very same period, his wife was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer. Now it was his time to just have faith. And so he began fasting and praying. He would declare scriptures over his wife's sick body like, Isaiah, saying, By his stripes you are healed. He gathered friends together, and together they prayed and fasted. He held on to his faith, believing that she would be fully healed. He never spoke of her in the context as a victim that was sick, but as someone that was fully healed through the miraculous hand of God. Yet even with all his faith, she ended up dying. And it was at that point at which he lost his wife tragically, that his opinion about just having faith was silenced. For many years, this man had lost many opportunities to effectively speak into the lives of others that were suffering because of his loud opinion about the way one should deal with suffering. And that loud opinion that everyone should just have faith drowned out his ability to truly listen to the needs of those that were facing turmoil. But it was in his own experience of suffering, of treading into ground and experiences he had not had before, that he developed a depth and an empathy and an ear which listened with an understanding that he could have never had before. It took this man walking into new experiences to broaden his context and silence his opinion. And it reminded me of a statement I once heard from Pastor Brian Houston at a conference in which he said, the bigger your opinion, the smaller your world. The bigger your opinion, the smaller your world. It's interesting that Proverbs seventeen twenty seven to 28 in the Message Bible says, the one who knows much says little. And so my question to you is, what does your opinion reveal about the size of your world? Leonardo da Vinci said the greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinions. And This man was deceived into thinking that the idea of just having faith was sufficient in the midst of suffering where we very often question God altogether. He was unable to listen to the needs of others because his opinion was so loud. And therefore, for you and I to foster a life that's a listening life means we need to lose our opinion and activate our listening. The second aspect of a listening life is that we need to listen to understand, not reply. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 2 in the Old Testament says, "'Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions.'" William Urey, who we referred to earlier from his TED Talk around the power of listening, spoke further um, about listening when he said, so how do we listen? Well, it turns out that we often take listening for granted as something easy and natural. But in fact, at least in my experience, real genuine listening is something that needs to be learned and practiced every day. In ordinary listening, we're hearing the words and we're often thinking, where do I agree? Where do I disagree? What am I going to say in response? In other words, the focus is on us. In genuine listening, however, The spotlight moves to the other person. We put ourselves in their shoes. We tune into their wavelengths. We listen from within their frame of reference, not just our own. And that's not easy. Jesus displayed this type of listening with a Samaritan woman in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 9 to 14. At this stage, Jesus had been walking a long way, and he had sat down at a well, and he was thirsty, and he asked this woman for a drink of water. And we read from verse 9, it says, The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Now, if it was me responding... The first thing I would have done is responded in defense, feeling like I just heard someone sharing their prejudice, rejecting me or judging me just because I was different. But Jesus didn't listen to reply. He was listening to understand. And we read that it says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus didn't just hear her words of criticism, but listened to her need for salvation. You see, in the context of this woman's world, every drop of water used in a household had to be carried from the local well. So every day, women walked to the bottom of the steps, cut into the rock, filled their um, earthenware jars uh, with the water, and it was incredibly heavy. And then they had to return up the steps to carry the water home. The Samaritan woman here is no longer young and since she's carrying her own water, it seems she didn't have a younger woman in her household to do this very heavy task. So this daily collection of water would have been a great burden for this elderly woman which might have dreamt about the idea of being able to gain a water source in her home without the burden and struggle of having to walk to the well every day. Now Jesus was offering this woman living water. He spoke about bringing water to her instead of her carrying the burden of the water each day. And this stirred her curiosity and spoke into her desires. And from verse 11, she responds and says, Sir, Jesus spoke of water which would not need to be drawn from the well each day because this water would quench the thirst once and for all. Jesus didn't listen to reply in defense to this woman's initial reaction when he requested water. But he was listening to her life story. And then he reframed his salvation in the context of her reality. And it tells us that later on, she submitted her life under Christ's lordship, all because Jesus listened to understand and not reply. When we listen to understand, we respond by speaking from an in-their-shoes empathy, not a just-have-faith ego. And one of the ways that we can embrace listening to understand is by applying the third point. The third point is this. If we are going to develop a listening life, we need to ask more questions and give fewer answers. In the Gospels recording the life of Jesus, it documents that he asked 307 questions. Perhaps we're more like Christ when we ask questions rather than having all the answers like, Just have faith. The historically known French um, politician, Pierre-Marc Gaston, said, judge a man by his questions rather than his answers. Ask more questions and give fewer answers. So the first three aspects of a listening life are lose your opinion and activate your listening. Listen to understand, not reply. And ask more questions and give fewer answers. And then the fourth aspect, and this is almost a point by itself, but it's very important to our journey, is don't muddle a hurtful word of correction with a harmful word of cursing. Just because the correction you're listening to hurts doesn't mean it's a curse to avoid. We often define haters as those who speak anything into our lives that doesn't feel good. So we choose not to listen. But Proverbs twenty-seven, verse five to six, says, It's better to be corrected openly if it stems from hidden love. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. Proverbs chapter fifteen, verse thirty one, says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. And so don't muddle a hurtful word of correction with a harmful word of cursing. And I've many times seen people that I believe have derailed their destiny because they wouldn't listen to a hurtful word of correction. Yet if we will embrace a listening life, we will see that it leads us into sustainable success and the fullness of God's purposes. So let's look at those four aspects of a listening life one more time. And then I'm going to leave you with this question. Which one of these aspects of a listening life do I need to apply in my personal world? So here they are. Number one, lose your opinion and activate listening. Number two, listen to understand, not reply. Number three, ask more questions and give fewer answers. Or number four, don't muddle a hurtful word of correction with a harmful word of cursing. Now, as you think about those aspects, my question to you is, which one of these aspects of a listening life do I need to apply in my personal world? I pray that this week, in a moment of opportunity, you would remember to apply One of these aspects as you develop a listening life.